Good morning, good morning. All right, there we are. How is everybody this fine morning? Right? I loved the weather this morning. I know it's a little dark and gloomy, but I did not have to straighten my windshield. So I noticed a lot more people were on time today because we weren't spending that extra time scraping Mother Nature off of our windshields. We'll, we'll open up with a quick prayer, but if you brought your Bibles this morning, let's open up to Romans chapter 12, please. And we're going to be studying out of Romans 12 today. And uh, as we do that, I'll, I'll say a quick prayer for us. Lord Jesus, we're just so grateful to be gathered here today, God, to study your word as a, as a group of, believer, of believers, God, to be, be here and functioning as your body of Christ and your building, Father. We pray that you open our hearts and minds this morning for this message, Lord, and we pray that you just uh, pour your Holy Spirit upon each and every one of us, God, meet each of us where our needs need to be met, Father, and we pray for all of these things in the perfect name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're going to be in Romans 12 today, and we're going to be talking about what is logical to do with our lives for Jesus, okay? So we're going to start off in in, 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 in uh, verse 1, and it's, Paul tells us, he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable, perfect will of God. Now, as we, as we know, when we, every time we see therefore in the Bible, we need to check what the therefore is therefore. And we don't have to go back too far. We go back to uh, uh, Romans 11:36, which is just the, the, the last verse before chapter 12. And he says, for of him and through him and to him are all things. To whom be glory forever. Amen. So of the Lord, everything of ours is his. They come through him. They are of him. And they are his to bring glory to him. So as we talk about what is logical, we get into through verse 1. And it says, to present our lives holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Now in my Bible, in, in the midsection, it gives another word. It says rational. What is a rational thought, right? And if you break that down into the Greek, and I've got a little geeky on the Greeky this week, and it says, it says that rational is the Greek word logikos. So it is logical for us to present our lives, our bodies, right? Our bodies are our lives to the Lord as a, as a sacrifice, right? And, and if we live our lives abusing our bodies in the darkness of sin, with whether that's with lust, with addiction, whether it's living for things of this world, for glory, looking for the acceptance of man, right? Then we can bring ourselves a lifetime of pain. You know, I think of the pain I'm in at 35 years old. I mean, all the, all the older guys used to tell me, listen, quit racing dirt bikes. It's going to hurt you. You're going to hate it when you're older. Oh, no, you don't understand. We have amazing suspension, right? And chicks dig dirt bikes, right? And, and you go to races, and it's fun, and there's, you know, there's chicks, and it's a good time, and it's, it's, it's a party atmosphere, but it didn't bring any glory to God. And I am in crazy amounts of pain from it. They said, oh, I said, no, you don't understand. We have amazing suspension. You guys don't even understand the motorcycles we ride nowadays. They told me, yeah, you dummy, that means you're going to crash going even faster. And they were right, right? So I lived so deep in the world at that point that it brought nothing but pain. 
It brought tons of pain, not just uh, uh, a physical pain, but emotional pain because winning and losing and things like that. So we want to live our lives in a way that we're not going to create more pain in our lives through addictions, you know, with crashing motorcycles or, or, or look at football players, for an example. Your NFL players, they're out there on the field beating themselves up for millions of dollars a year. They're, they're, they're there every Sunday. They're sacrificing potentially a relationship with Jesus because what time do they have to spend in worship? You know, so they're out there every Sunday. And how many of them end up with these crazy uh, uh, syndromes, uh, concussion syndromes, all these different things, all these things wasted? You see some of them that are amazing and, and sacrifice a lot to to spread the love of Jesus. A few of the NFL players. But but you can abuse your life in many different ways and not bring any edification to the Lord. <clears throat> so I was living conformed or keyholed into the in the world. It is our reasonable or logical service to live lives that bring glory to God, considering the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross for us. He gave us the greatest gift of all this Christmas season. He was born to be here sinless, to die on a cross. He sweat great drops of blood because he knew what was coming for him. You know, as we see an example in that text, uh, as, as he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, so many people around Jesus didn't realize, as he had told them time and time and time again, this is it, guys. It's coming. I'm going to die. They fell asleep. Hey, stay up and pray with me. They fell asleep, right? They took for granted having Jesus right there in front of them, right? So we want to make sure that we don't take that for granted. We don't have Jesus in front of us. We have Jesus living in us and the Holy Spirit, but we want to make sure that we're living a, a life that is logical in, in service to the Lord. Um, he died for our sins. In, in Peter, verses, 1 Peter verse 3 and 4, you don't have to turn there, but it tells us that not only, okay, so if we live our life in service to the Lord, not, we, we, not only do we have a great fulfilled life, but we inherit the kingdom of heaven. And in 1 Peter verses 3 and 4, it tells us that inheritance is incorruptible. Right? That is an untouchable inheritance. You could be as great with money and, and, and astute with finances in the world, but if the market crashes, your 401k falls, right? But, but the inheritance that we see from our Father to go to heaven, it's untouchable. So living a life that edifies Jesus and being saved allows us to have this inheritance that nobody can touch. It's ours, right? And we want to be able to live that life in a way that edifies Him with our gifts. So. Uh, as we continue in the text, um, verse number three, for I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure, a measure of faith. Um, we each are, are dealt gifts, right? And we need to be humble through that. We don't want to get haughty. We see examples of this in the church, in many different churches throughout the years, right? You see Joel Olstein. He started believing everything that was printed about him, and he went off the deep end. Uh, the other night, we were laying in bed, and, and Tammy Faye Baker, there was a special on Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. Jim Baker's selling stuff again, so if you're a prepper, you've probably seen him. Apparently, he's on QVC selling, like, uh, dry food goods and stuff. But, you know, they probably all started out with the right motives, right? And as they received more gifts from the Holy Spirit and they were exercising their faith, 
they started to lose their humbleness. They started to lose that grounding that, that their humble beginning was. And as they did that, they fell off the deep end. You know, one thing that Chris instills upon all of us that, that I think is very important is that each and every one of you is a Christian counselor. He does the sign. But what is our job as Christian counselors? It's to point them to Jesus, right? So we need to remember that of him and through him and for him are all things in glory forever. Amen. It has nothing to do with us. You could have all the gifts in the world. You could be the most amazing preacher. You could be the, the, the richest giver. You could be so many different things. But without Jesus, you have none of that, right? There's nothing there. Um, one thing that I, I, I don't want to miss that was in my notes that just caught my eye. You know, this life that we live, not only is it logical and reasonable, but it's a lifestyle choice, okay? It is a choice. You see that in Martha and Mary. Mary made a choice to be at the feet of Jesus, right? And that's where we want to be as Christ followers, is at the feet. You know, I have a friend that says quite often, in every post he posts of his kids, be a dad, not a fad, right? Well, who is Jesus in God? That is our Father in heaven. He is our dad. He is not a fad. This is not a, 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 a brief moment in time, right? This is not a passing moment. It is a lifestyle choice. You choose to follow Jesus, and he will choose then to change your life radically in, 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 in many ways. And I'm a living proof of that. So be humble as you get those gifts. Don't get haughty. As we bear fruit and we see, receive more gifts, God trusts us with more. So as you're exercising your gifts, he will continue to bless you with more of them. But don't get envious of other people's gifts. If, you, if you're like, oh, man, I want to do this or I want to be a preacher, well, are you exercising that? Are you asking God for those things? You know, I think the most humbling story, having spent time with Gerald, is the story that I, Gerald just decided, well, Lord, if the toilets are my life, I'm going to clean and have the best restrooms that any church has ever seen. And God blessed him through that. I had the amazing opportunity to spend some time at Joshua Springs and see the, see the many different ways in the 40 years of ministry in that man's life. And it is amazing. So God will not let you down by following him. Um, verse number four. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are body are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having then gifts differing according to grace that is given to us. Let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry. Let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Yeah, nobody likes that guy that's like, oh, yeah, you trespassed on my property. But man, you know, show some grace in, in our mercies, right? That's what that is. Or, oh, you crashed into my car. Man, this is going to cost you. Don't, don't, you know, let's show it with grace, things like that. But as, we, as we're in there, Paul tells us that we are all important parts of the body of Christ. You know, I think back to Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2 a few weeks ago. Or, or, uh, is it 1 and 2? Yeah, 1 and 2. It says that we are all a great cloud of witnesses, right? And really the way the Lord speaks that verse to my heart is that each and every one of us are in this cloud. We are right now the body of Christ, right? And we all have different experiences through different seasons that we have gone through in our lives. 
And that allows each and every one of us a different opportunity to reach people for Jesus. It's logical. It's rational. It is the least thing we can do considering the fact that he died on a cross for us so that we may inherit an incorruptible inheritance in the kingdom of heaven. He, he died for our sins so that we may receive the grace. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live up to that law. I think uh, Michaela correctly, it's like 600 and something different laws that you have to live up to. It's impossible. You know, we want to be showing grace. I was pulled over the other day. My wife was ecstatic. She was so happy. I don't think it was funny at all. Right? I'm wearing a bright white t-shirt. I didn't have my seatbelt on. I was asking for it, right? And, and I, it's very rare that I don't not wear my seatbelt. I'm pretty good about it. But we were in a hurry, and I'm like, ah, I'm not putting my seatbelt on. Well, this, I pull by this lady cop, and she looks at the cop and smiles. She said, I'm not, you, you, you're like, you're begging for us to get pulled, get pulled over, right? She could have held me to the letter of that law. But instead, she showed me grace. Fortunately, I had no priors on there for driving without a seatbelt. But we all want to be held to the spirit of the law, not the letter of the law, right? Um, And so Paul tells us that according to the grace we are given, but as a body, we have to coordinate our efforts to be effective. Oh, who can think of a big, large puppy? You know, you buy a Great Dane. That thing takes off running. And it falls over itself, right? It can't use its body effectively because it's not coordinated enough to do anything. It's like a, it's like a 20-pound wrecking ball coming at you, right? Well, is the body of Christ, if we cannot have a, 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 a same goal or vision, we can't be effective either. We'll be trying to walk down the street and chew bubble gum and trip over our shoelaces, right? So we need to understand as a church, as a, as a body of Christ, what is our goal? Well, I think, I think we do a pretty good job of vision casting that. that our goal as Tuella Springs Calvary Chapel is to see people far from the Lord come closer. And especially this season. Each and every one of us has an opportunity to invite somebody to show up for a Christmas Eve service. If you haven't been a part of one of our Christmas Eve services, they're amazing. They're candlelit. It is a, it is a, 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 the Holy Spirit is full in this room. It is just an amazing opportunity to bring people that are far near to the Lord, right? So we want to, that's, that's our goal because, you know, we can be many gifts, but if we're all running in different directions, we can't get anything done. You know, as we were doing construction on the building, if, if we all didn't start in one corner and work our way around, if we all just started on one thing, by the time we got done, nothing would match. You'd have trim on this side that's about head height, trim on this side that's higher than it already is, right? We, 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 we need to be coordinated. We need to understand that as the body of Christ, our goal is to see people far come near. <clears throat> so then we continue into verse 9. And at the top of my Bible, it says, behave like a Christian. As I was studying for this, I was listening to a, a message and and he titled it, Oh, Behave, right? Like Austin Powers. I kind of thought that was funny. Um, so, so we go from what's logical or rational to now what the ethics of being a Christian are. And Paul lays it out for us. Well, Paul does an amazing job here for us is, who, which one of us doesn't want to get an A if we're taking a test? All of us, right? We want to do well. And if we're not, it, it, Paul, Paul lines out how we get that A. He doesn't give us the answer, but he lines it out. If you take these steps, you'll get that A, right? So in verse 9, it says, Let love be without hypocrisy. 
abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Yet again, I got uh, a little geeky with the Greeky, and hypocrisy is hypocrite. Now, that is a term that was used in the theaters back then. And what it literally meant was two-faced. Everybody's seen the smile now, cry later, right? Like, that, that's, that's a hypocrite, right? It's a two-faced person, someone that speaks out both sides of their mouth. So if we love with hypocrisy, what does that mean? That means that we're loving with ulterior, ulterior not arterior, that's with blood, ulterior motives, right? Oh, I love you so much, Jason. Hey, will you take me for a ride in your Lamborghini? Or, oh, man, Uncle Larry, I love you so much. Will you make sure I'm in your will? Right? Don't, don't, sh- don't, don't act with love. Don't love with hypocrisy, but show love. As a body of Christ, when you come through the doors at Tuella Springs Calvary Chapel, we want you to feel the love. We want to, to feel different as you come in. We want you to know that we love each and every one of you because we are showing the love of Christ. And the greatest gift of all that we can give as Christ followers is that love, right? And then Paul tells us, to abhor what is evil. Now, I didn't go into the Greek on abhor, but I did search the definition because, well, I mean, it's, it's pretty easy. But it says to be disgusted, to be disgusted by evil or, I like this one, no pun intended, be appalled. Right, Paul? Being appalled. Be appalled by what is evil. You know, we came home from church a while back. And it was a late night and, and we fell asleep, had the TV on. It was just before the news. And before the news come on, I fell asleep, and I wake up, and Angie's asleep, and there's a new show on television. It's called Evil. It is a very dark, twisted, scary show. It is about uh, demon possessions and all these horrible things, and and it's so dark. It's so scary, but we should hate those things, right? We should should, uh, not, not hate, be disgusted by them, pardon me. We should stay away from things like that, that darkness, Um, because darkness leads to darkness, right? So we want to stay away from things like that. Um, But if we are living and abiding in Christ, we are going to love the right way. So we need to make sure that we are abiding by God's word, right? Something that I I forgot to mention as we were uh, back uh, uh, away, when we're talking about transformation, how do we become transformed? This, this, This comes with abiding in Christ as well. Well, how do we get the transformation that we want in our lives from the Lord? Man, it's so cliche. We say it every day. Read your Bible and pray every day. There is so much fruit from that. There is so much fruit from that. If you don't do it, I challenge you to get up in the morning and collect your manna. I'm not always the best at it, but my wife can attest. I try to get up every morning at 4.30 and get in the Word and spend some time in prayer with the Lord to start my day. I had it the other day. Uh, it was actually Wednesday. I had a great prayer session, a great, you know, really trying to abide in the Lord this, for this week, knowing that we, what we had coming up was Friday with the children's pageant and, and me being here on my first Sunday. And man, my Wednesday went so bad. Like it was, it was, it was so crazy. It was such a test. But you know what? God was with there with me throughout the whole day, and I had absolute grace for everything. We were, we, it was, it was crazy. It was midnight road construction, kids. If you're in here, get a college education, right? Um, <laughs> go to go, anyhow. Um, but we we love without hypocrisy, right? And the love that Paul is describing here is a sincere love. It's a sincere love of Jesus, and only with Christ is love without hypocrisy. 
the love that we want to show one another is agape love, right? We want to show love that is self-sacrificial, that is not self-centered. And there tends to be a huge issue with the word love. What kind of issue is that? It's an application issue. It comes back to that same thing. How many people, oh, I love you, brother, and then you turn around, oh, man, whew, that guy is difficult. He is so hard to love, right? No, we want that self-sacrificing love. I can be difficult to love. If John Liggins in here, he'd testify to that. I'm always making short jokes, you know, and it's, it's, it's hard, right? But I love him. I truly love him. And as men, we have a struggle with that, right? When we, when we love other men, do we say, hey, brother, I love you? Not as often as we should by any means. But the way that we show that love is by ribbing each other, right? Oh, man, yeah, nice shirt or, hey, good haircut. What would you do? Get in a fight with a weed eater, right? But, but we need to make sure that we know that that person loves us because the thing about the love of Jesus is, is it's a beautiful thing, right? When we know that somebody truly loves us like the Lord loves us, he can tell us things that are very hard. So our, as, if we're functioning as the body of Christ and we're showing that love, we're going to be able to tell each other things that are really hard, right? We're going to be able to, to counsel one another through hard things. We're going to be able to show that love and exude that love to one another and do great things for the Lord. Uh, Verse 10, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor, giving preference to one another. The honor there, whose honor is that? That's the Lord's honor, right? Putting others in front of yourself. That is so difficult in today's generation. Everything is about self, 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 self-centered, selfies. You know, whenever, whenever, for all of us that had Polaroids, and, and you know, some, most of you, I hope, know what a Polaroid is, but did you take selfies? Like when you took a picture, you took a picture of a family moment. You weren't like, duck face, Right? <laughs> Right? Like, I, nobody wants to see me doing the duck face, right? This whole selfie thing is so selfish and self-centered. And everybody's living their best life. But really, is it their best life? Their best life you can live is a life that is logically sacrificed to the Lord Jesus. He will repay you in so many ways. It, it, it's, beyond, it's, it's beyond anything I can even put into words the way the Lord has worked in my life. You know, a lot of you know my testimony. And being from that cloud of witnesses, I'm able to kind of reach out and talk to people about loss. I lost my father. I had to, uh, um, we had to remove him from life support. And we did that two days or two weeks before my daughter's first birthday and four days before his birthday. And God had to use that. You know, I, I, was, I was saved young at a, at a Methodist church because God was kind of scary, right? And I didn't want to go to hell. I knew that. I didn't want to walk with Jesus every day, but I knew one thing, that I did not want to go to hell, okay? So I stood up there in front of everybody, put some feet to our face, and, and asked the Lord into my heart. That's the way they did that, right? But God finished that work in me. He brought it full circle. I didn't always walk with the Lord, but he brought it full circle. But being part of that cloud of witnesses, to get me back, God came up and was like, pow! This is what you're going to do. He hit me upside the head with a two-by-four. I experienced such an, a, a, a roller coaster ride for two or three weeks of life that, that I didn't know up from down. And then I was very blessed by his grace for him to show me and tell me that everything was going to be okay. 
we each and every one of us have different experiences in our life. Some of you have served in our military and have experienced PTSD. And you, you can reach out to others that do that, right? We know that we lose 22 a day by suicide on veterans. And I know that hurts a lot of us deeply, those of us that have family that have served. You know, the God, God gives us gifts. Let's make sure we're using them. So be kindly affectionate to one another in brotherly love and honor giving preference to one another. So put others before us. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Now, the last three words there, what was that? Serving the Lord. Not having served. Right, now we're talking about what's ethical. Or above my Bible, behave like a Christian. How many of you in here are Christians? Raise the hand. Ah, praise God. How many of you are serving the Lord? Amen. Right? It's not saying having served or wanting to serve or planning on serving. It says serving the Lord. And not only does it say serving the Lord, it says not lagging in diligence. So don't be stuck on buffer. Right? If, you, if you're watching your video on your screen, oh, man, we're buffering, right? The picture's not loading, right? YouTube, oh, man, 5G, 4G. No, some of us remember the dial-up days. I was talking about this in staff service, right? You had to go to a coffee shop and pay $1.50 for 10 minutes of Internet time to get on AOL, right? Some people don't, AOL, what's he talking about? Yeah, I know. It's getting gray. It's getting gray. You know, age is coming for us all, right? But we need to be not lagging in diligence in serving the Lord as a Christian. There are so many opportunities to serve at Tuella Springs. Not just at Tuella Springs, but there's so many ways to serve showing your faith to the Lord every day. Right? We can show grace to others. We can put others first. When you're in, in, in traffic, yield to someone else. That three minutes won't make a difference. It may make a difference in their day. Let them honk at you. Let them go by. Wave and pray for them, right? That's the tricky one. But we don't want to be lagging. We don't want to lag. If you lag in it, you'll never do it. It's like procrastination. Oh, yeah, well, I'll I'll serve the Lord next year. Then next year comes wrong. Oh, well, I'll start serving next week. No, do it now. Jump in. Put your feet to your faith. We all are given different gifts. The Word of God tells us that. If the Holy Spirit lives in you, you're gifted. And each one of us have gifts as the body to function as the body of Christ. So be serving the Lord, not having served, not wanting to serve. If you step out in faith, God will not let you fall on your face. I'm proof of that. I haven't even fell off the edge yet. You know, and, and I, I'm not going to get Chris with it because I'll end up in Karen's lap. But my zipper's up. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> for those of you there last week, right? That was good stuff. Um, <laughs> oh, I couldn't help myself on that one. Lord, help me. Um, rejoicing, let's go to verse 12, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. Ooh, yeah. Continuing steadfastly in prayer. Well, you know, this is, this is not just how we should behave like a Christian or as a body of Christ, but it's how we need to live our lives. We need to rejoice in hope. There is hope for each and every one of us, right? We need to be patient during our tribulations. What's a tribulation? It's a test. How many times in the test, how many of you have great education? Most of us, right? In the time when you're taking that test, did anybody give you the answers? 
now there may have been some of us that we got some answers. I see a few smiles out there like, oh, well, you know, I was a teacher's aide. That's how I got through Algebra 2. I entered my own grades. Shame on me, right? I've repented for that, but that's, that's how I got through Algebra 2. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so theoretically I had my, my, own, my own answers. But, you know, the thing is God wants us to be patient and he wants us to trust him, especially through tribulations. And, and, you know, I've seen so many and I've lived through so many and I've counseled some people through tribulations. And I'll tell you right now that God will give you the answers to why you went through those in his time. You know, it's not, you know, a long time ago I was on a Wednesday and I was able to share out of Job. And, you know, uh, Lydia came up and, and helped me get through the end of it. And it was pretty awesome because, you know, if God gave you the answers in the middle of the tribulation that you're going through in your life, would you accept the answer he's given you? Would you be okay with that? Most of us probably wouldn't. But in his time, he will absolutely reveal why you've gone through the things that you've gone through. For me, it was to be used by God, to understand that I needed Jesus in my daily life. That's why I went through that season that was so hard for me, was to get hit upside the head and say, hey, you may have lost your father on this earth, but you have the opportunity to gain your father in heaven. And that has been an amazing, amazing blessing in my life. Verse 13, distributing to the needs of the saints and given to hospitality. You know, as a, as a body of Christ, I think we do a pretty good job of that. I don't know how many of you follow some of our missionaries, but Vlad posted some amazing sunsets or sunrises this week from the Republic of Georgia. We definitely try to equip the saints. You know, not only that, but anybody that has a heart for ministry in here, we have a very uh, amazing way of, 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 of ministry. We, we get a lot of opportunity to serve, right? And we do a good job of equipping our people to serve the Lord. And, and so we do a wonderful job at that. And then on, on top of that, it says, it says being given to hospitality, right? You know, the, God's word tells us that to entertain strangers, there's stranger things than entertaining strangers, right? To entertain strangers, but because unwittingly by doing so, we sometimes entertain angels. So you never know, right? Somebody could really use that. Hey, how you doing today? Right? Introduce yourself to a stranger. Step out in faith. You know, God's word also tells us not to worry for what to say. Now he's talking to the disciples at that point about when they're going to go to jail. But I think it's really applicable for our lives. You know, if you step out in faith, not to worry about what, the, what to say because the Lord, the Holy Spirit will move in you and give you the words you need at that moment in time. So don't be scared to put your feet to your faith. Something else that I forgot about as we were talking about uh, in here in verse 7 it says, or ministry. It, to be a minister, do, does everybody understand what that means? It means to be a servant. So if you're in ministry, there's no reason to get all excited about it because you're a servant for Jesus. And it is exciting, don't get me wrong, but don't get haughty, don't get blown up about it. Uh, in ministry, we're servants for the Lord, right? And, and it is an amazing blessing. I didn't want to miss that. Um, verse 14, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Ooh, that's kind of tough, huh? Bless those that persecute you. How much do we face, you know, as Christians, we don't face a lot of persecution here in the United States. You know, one might say in our particular valley, 
we have a little bit of a battle with some persecution or some differences of, of our faith versus other faiths, right? We see it with our kids. I grew up that way myself. We lived in a small town north of Las Vegas, and there was a, a lot of um, iniquities, I would say, a very small community with one dominant church, and, and there was definitely some ostracization, being ostracized by the neighborhood, so our kids go through that. So we need to explain to them and, and work with them through that. But we don't want to curse those people. We want to pray for them. We want to pray for them to receive the love of Jesus, the heart of Jesus, because if they truly believe as they say they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, then he will change their heart and they will not stop with the ostracizing our children and they will start to love love each other, right? So we, we have a, a an opportunity there to, to love those who persecute us. On top of that, how many times do we find persecution or difficulties in our jobs, in our jobs, right? Somebody that makes things hard, right? Let's pray for them. Let's pray for them. Let's bless them. How do we bless people? By praying for them, by giving them gifts, by pouring your spirit out upon them, right? You know, I had the opportunity in, a, in a, an odd situation. I was on a job site. Again, I work construction. It's a tight site right downtown on 3rd West, 150 South. If you go downtown, be careful. It's getting a lot like San Francisco, a lot of weird stuff on the streets. But we're down there, and I've got a concrete truck pulling in. And I don't hear well. I've ran tractors a long time. And I, I yell to the guy, hey, you got to go in over there. He shuts his truck off and says, you're not going to talk to me like that. I'll beat you up. Now, mind you, I had a lot of years B.C. For those of you that don't know B.C., that's before Christ, right? So I'm like... Oh, Lord, help me, because uh, this is one of those moments that I could really flesh out on somebody, right? Like, okay, yeah, no, no, but instead, what I did was, is I said, listen, I'm sorry if I've disrespected you. If you took that wrong, I I don't hear real well, man. Um, I was yelling so you knew where to go to get directions so you can get your concrete off, and you need to get in off of this area. And he was, went from wanting to have a, uh, altercation or go to fisticuffs to like, oh, wow. Oh, man, I'm sorry. I, I disrespected you. I shouldn't have came at you that way, right? Wow. So if we all treat each other with that love and grace as much as we can control, right, and not curse back, I could have cursed back. I could have called his boss, made a t- tough time for him, but that doesn't do any good. That's not showing grace. That's not the grace that our Lord and Savior shows us, right? Could you imagine that? Like, Oh, yeah, you could go forever on that. You know, God gives us so much and we don't even deserve it. You know, if everything we did, God chastised us for instead of saying, I love you. What fun would that be? What kind of, you know, that's not God's heart for us. He loves us so much that even when we are absolutely failing at all things, he tries to draw us near. You cannot outrun Jesus. Right? You can't hide from him. You know, as it told us in this text, that, uh, oh, let me find it. Hold on here. We are, for as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function, and individually members of one another. So Christ lives in each and every one of us, right? If Christ is in us, then we are all related in some way, right? So even those people that are persecuting are your brothers. Show them some grace. Show them the love of Jesus. You don't know how that could affect them in their life. Fifteen, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. You know, the, God's word tells us that it is, it is better for us and there's more 
more uh, love and mourning with those who are mourning than there is rejoicing with those who rejoice. We had an amazing opportunity this last week to function as the body of Christ. We had a family that was on their way to the Christmas pageant. They pulled over for an ambulance. The person behind them was not paying attention and hit their car at 50 miles an hour in a dead stop. We were able to go after the Christmas pageant and pray with that family. We had me and Jay, Dan Noxon came, Carl. We were able to bring that family some food and be able to break bread with them while they were being checked out. Some of them had already been released. We were able to function. The, the most amazing thing that I've seen in ministry is watching our church work, watching that love work through the church, watching the Holy Spirit work. We are here to lift each other up, right? You know, something I missed as we were coming through here was it says, it says uh, in esteem, right? Oh, where was that? Anyhow, it talks to us about for those to esteem. I'm going to find it. Maybe. I have glasses on. I learned that from Chris. Um, anyhow, in esteem, right? The thing sometimes we hear, Oh, well, the problem with esteem is it's self-esteem, right? No, no, it's not. If people are lacking in in self-esteem, maybe we need to pour esteem into them. We need to esteem them. We need to lift them up, right? As as each and every one of us are part of that cloud of witness, we have opportunities to witness to one another, to love one another, to build each other up, not beat each other down. Uh, So we had that amazing opportunity. They're doing well. For those of you that are interested, they were able to continue their trip. They had some pretty hard whiplash and some things like that, but their children were fine, thank God. Testament to Subarus, apparently their 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 commercials are right. So if you're looking for a safe family vehicle that can take a rear impact at 55, buy Subaru, right? So um, that being said, you know, it's amazing to watch a church work. And, and we do so much in ministry and, and do so many things for so many people in the congregation. We, we, we don't boast about them, but we, we, we really work as a church, and we hope that you guys see that and, and join that. Be of the same mind toward one another. Verse 16. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble, and do not be wise in your own opinion. Hmm. Wow, yeah, opinions, right? Who's opinionated out there? You know, me and Larry have a big difference of opinion of what a good football team is. Right? Right? He's a Patriots fan. You know, that's okay. We love him. We, 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 we lift him up in esteem, right? Um, we can pray for him, right? <laughs> but what, what, what that says is, right, be careful with our opinions. You know, our opinions aren't always needed. What's needed is the love of Jesus. Giving your opinion on a situation before you seek counsel is pretty unwise, right? We are to seek wise counsel, especially before you spread your opinion, because opinions can have very smelly consequences, right? And we need to be careful with that. And then it also tells us right there uh, to set your, not to set our mind on high things, but associate with the humble. So again, he's telling us as Christians not to focus on things of this world. They carry no weight. It's all wood, hay, and stubble. You know, yeah, nice things are nice, but eternal things are eternal and forever. And it's a part of our inheritance, right? It doesn't matter how many Super Bowl rings, Larry, I'll never change. 
Um, and not to be wise in our own opinions. He tells us then to repay no evil for evil in verse 17. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. It is possible, if it is possible, as much depends on you. Live peaceably, peaceably with all men. Right? Good luck with that. It's hard to be peaceful with all men, right? But in the same sense, we have to do that as much as we can control, right? And God's word tells us that he cannot dwell in you if you have no self-control. So what can we control in situations? How we react, how we respond to how other people treat us. We, we can react by not cursing at them. We can react by giving them love. Um, and it depends on us. It's not for them. It's for us as Christians to show that grace. You know, uh, uh, my wife is an amazing, amazing woman. She keeps me probably in God's good graces more than I keep myself, right? But, you know, God tells us to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And that can be very hard depending on your neighbor, right? My neighbor has um, many, many children. They are blessed by that, by the Lord. Um, and and they are very difficult, though, because of those many children. And she said, she said, oh, I took, took a treat plate to the Calvary's. And I was like, you did what? And she's like, God said love them, he'll judge them. And I'm like, oh, yeah, she wins again, right? Thank God for godly women, right? So, so husbands, listen to your wives because they, they have a little more wisdom than we do at most, most instances. But we can, we, can, we can definitely control how we respond. That is of us, right? And if we have Jesus in us, we, we have that, that opportunity to respond in love. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Verse 19, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. You know, vengeance isn't ours. We all go through hard things. I lived through an extremely uh, tumultuous past year. It's been kind of crazy business-wise, things like that. We, we, uh, those of you that know us, know me well, know a little bit of the story. But vengeance wasn't ours. You know, um, I was able to see God work in another brother in this church. I know God's working on his heart because he has a very special set of skills, right? He was in the military a long time. But the point is, is vengeance isn't ours. You know, we were done very, very poorly by this person. They took advantage of our friendship. They ran off, disappeared on us, left us in a hole in business that we could not recover from. You know, and a lot of what this is, is about leaving our body as a holy sacrifice for the Lord. Through that, I had many opportunities. I'm very talented at what I do. I'm very blessed by the gifts God's given me to do what I do. Some of those opportunities were jobs that, that would change my family's life monetarily. Okay? But one of them, my schedule would have been Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I would have Thursday and Fridays off. What time then would I have for the Lord? It wouldn't happen. The other one was working nights. Okay? Nights are not nice. If you work nights, I pray for you. I pray for the Lord to give you strength. They are tough. I did it for six months and survived. How my wife survived, I don't know. Like I said, she's better than me. God gave her to me for a reason, right? He knew I needed a strong woman. But it's hard. And I would have had to sacrifice that as well. Because if you work 
night shift, your shift starts Sunday night. So how are you going to be in church on Sunday morning? Not only that, but Wednesdays, Wednesdays would be gone. So I took a sacrifice of, of, of a monetary thing. But I can tell you right now, the Lord has not let us go without. If you, you know, I can tell you this much. You sacrifice your sleep to get up in the morning and collect your manna. You get up an hour earlier. You spend time with the Lord. I can tell you one thing I've noticed. It seems like I have more time because God gives you the time you need to spend with him. And if you honor him, he honors you. It's almost like the day goes longer. You have more time when you need it. So don't be scared to sacrifice or make sacrifices to step out and serve the Lord. Be serving the Lord. Paul tells us to be serving the Lord as Christians. In what capacity? The Holy Spirit will speak that to you. I'm not here to tell anybody how they need to serve. We have many ways to serve in our church family. If you're looking for opportunities or direction in that, we have an amazing opportunity in our prayer room today after service. You can go and pray with people on how the Lord sees fit that you would serve. But I would suggest that you just pray for the Lord's will in your life and how he, and let the Lord guide you in where to serve. You know, Chris always tells us, as you're stepping out in faith, if you were called to be a pastor, you know, and, or do a church plant. And he says, you know, some people are real scared. They don't want to go take that step because, man, I don't want to go to East Hoboken, New Jersey. Or, or man, what if I get called to, to uh, I don't know, Vietnam or something, right? Somewhere crazy. But that's not the desires of your heart. And the Lord knows what you need. And he's not going to send you somewhere you don't want to be because if you're serving the Lord, he wants you to be happy. He wants you to be, because if you're not happy, how are you going to serve the Lord effectively, right? So don't be scared to step out and use the gifts that he's given you. Exercise those gifts. It could be something very simple. I'm not telling you to go stand on the street and, and do evangelism. But if God calls you to do that, you need to do it. If God calls you to do something and you don't do it, that is called a sin of omission. If God has a word for you to go pray with that brother, maybe you've never prayed with someone, but something's telling you, man, I need to go pray with him. If you don't do that, that's committing a sin of omission. You're, you're, you're turning from what God's asking you to do. So I pray for each and every one of us that we listen to the Lord and we listen to the Holy Spirit and we step out and we exercise our gifts because as God trusts us with the gifts, he gives us more gifts, right? And then and, and with the more gifts we receive, the more we can do to edify his name and live as sacrifices. It is so important. Our church has come so far in the four years now that I've been here for where we started from just the first sanctuary area with the youth room back here to purchasing Sweepy or to renting Sweepy and, and all the work that was done in there to eventually purchasing this building, God showing us, and, and then us being able to, as a body of Christ, do this renovation with everybody's hands, with some sweat equity bought into this, right? A lot of you were in here helping on this, and it was amazing. Now it is our job to do as Paul tells us and behave as Christians, to be unified in what we're doing for Jesus, to edify his name, to make sacrifices to serve the Lord and be serving the Lord, to step up in faith, do as we're called to do as Christian believers, and use the gifts we've been given. Lord, I pray for each and every one of us today that we step up and use the gifts you've given us, God. And Lord, I pray that those of you, that those of us that have fear in doing so, Lord, that you calm us, 
that you come beside us with your Holy Spirit and you pour into us and you let us know that you will never leave us nor forsake us, nor will you let us fail. God, if, if somebody in here has, has, a, has a heart for service, Lord, we pray that you just, that they, they seek you first, first, Father. And that, Lord, you just, uh, just instill in their hearts that you will lead them in the directions they need. Lord, if somebody's being told to pray for someone, God, let them remember what your word says to us. That not to worry about what to say, Lord, but the Holy Spirit will say what needs to be said, Father. And Lord, I just pray that as our little church continues to grow, God, that as people walk through the doors, they feel something different here, God. They feel your presence. They feel the love that we show each other. Because as your word also tells us, Father, they will know us by how they see us, Lord. So let us love one another like Jesus loved the church, Lord. Let us be better fathers. Let us love our children and our wives. You know, every time we go to love better, Lord Jesus, we want to love you better. Point it back at us to start loving those around us first. And Lord, we just pray that you uh, continue to bless us, Lord, and that you meet everyone where they're at. And we pray for all of these things in the name of your perfect son, Jesus Christ. Amen. For those of you that are interested in prayer, oh, by the way, you're going to be out a little early today. We've got no worship music at the end of this. So, um, But those of you guys that are looking for prayer, we can go to the back room. The prayer ministry will be back there. Um, if you have any questions, um, feel free to talk to me or Lydia. And uh, the prayer ministry is back there. We're going to beat the Methodists to the, uh, to the restaurants. So um, thank you guys for putting up with me today, and I hope I did all right for you.